All right, everybody. Welcome to B.O. Boys for Monday, June 5th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. So before we get into it, we just want to welcome new listeners. As always, you know, the B.O. Boys is blowing up. May was the biggest month in the history of the show. June's going to be bigger. And so we want to welcome the Stoolies who are now mm-hmm. joining us. We were definitely got an influx of listeners from the Barstool Sports Network, of course. Um, you know, we we just got a big name drop from a huge show, a huge yep. podcast, the Kirk Menahan show. Name drop the BO Boys just this weekend. Let, let's give a quick timeline on this. We want to thank Wanna BO Boy Zach who wrote to us to inform this about the uh, this happening on Sunday morning. Zach wrote to us to let us know that this happened, and it quickly blew up because mm-hmm. the Kirk Menahan show then tweeted out a video excerpt from their latest episode in which the host, Kirk, basically said it is his lifelong dream to be a guest on the B.O. Boys, and we're working on it. You know, we've yep. got the lawyers working on it right now to see if we can make that happen for Kirk. And, uh, you know, it's blowing up. His Mina fans, as he called mm-hmm. them, are definitely flocking to the show. We love, of course, anytime a show gives a copyrightable name to their fan base. Oh, yeah. it's That's the way everyone should do it. Mm-hmm. And so welcome, Stoolies. Welcome, Mina fans. Welcome to the B.O. Boys. You're about to be part of history. And you know what? I'm happy for all of them. I'm happy for them to be able to discover this great show and get to know all this great information about the box office. So they are informed. Yes. They can go by the water cooler on Monday. By the bar. By the bar. By the bar. Yep. Yep. They can talk about box office with authority. Yes. 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 This is huge. The thing to keep in mind for all the Mina fans and for all the stoolies here, movies. It's like sports. You know, Mm -hmm. the box office is like the score in a sports game. The actors are like the players in a sports game. So it's it'll take a a little bit to get caught up to speed, but you will be able to catch on. I have faith in these stoolies, in these minute fans. They will be able to catch on. So, Clayton, why don't we get into it? Why don't you give us a rundown, which is, again, it's like the box scores in a sports game is what we're about to do. Give us the rundown, the plow for the weekend at the box office of Friday, June 2nd. All right. Number one, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, part one, $120.5 million in its first weekend. Number two, The Little Mermaid made $40.6 million, down 58%, no theater change. It's at $186.2 million in its second frame. Number three, another newbie, The Boogeyman, made $12.3 million in its first frame. Number four, and we called this, Mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 made $10.2 million, down 51%. It lost 360 theaters. It's at $322.7 million in its fifth frame. Number five, Fast X made $9.2 million, down 60%, lost 621 theaters, and is at $128.4 million in its third weekend. Let's go for 10 here. Go for I'm feeling it. I'm feeling good about this. Number mm-hmm. six, the Super Mario Brothers movie made $3.3 million, down 48%. Hemorrhaging theaters, it lost 804. It is at $566.2 million in its ninth weekend. Wow. Here's another leapfrog. Number seven, About My Father, made $2.1 million, down 51%. No theater change. It made $8.8 million in its second weekend altogether, Cume. Number eight, The Machine, $1.7 million, down 65%. It's at $8.7 million in its second weekend. So we got to battle the comedians here. Yes, yes. 
Number nine, You Hurt My Feelings, made $769,000, down uh, 45%. It has no theater change. It's at $3 million in its second weekend. And number 10, Kandahar, made $765,000, down 67%. Oh, hemorrhaging theaters, 368 lost, is at $4.2 million in its second weekend. And that's your top 10. That's the top 10. I mean, we're going to get, this is going to be a Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse heavy show, but let's get mm-hmm. into a few of these other stories here. I actually want to talk about this tale of two comedians. Okay. Seven and eight about my father leapfrogged the machine. Sebastian mm-hmm. Maniscalco leapfrogged Burt Kreischer. And I think what we saw here was Sebastian Maniscalco has the older audience. You know, he's uh-huh. the... He's the book club of comedians, it, yeah. at least amongst here. You know, he's he's not quite Milton Berle age, but he's an older comedian. He's got an older audience. And that older audience doesn't rush out on opening weekend. You know, they, mm-hmm. they're okay with waiting to see this movie. And you could see that right here in the holds about my father only dropped 51%. The machine dropped. 65 percent you know the machine fans they were going out opening weekend they were rushing to it and once that opening weekend was over there is no other audience for this Burt Kreischer he is not going to be the new Zach Galifianakis let's just say that right now no but here's what we can say though okay is that the machine was a movie in theaters yes and therefore it is now a movie that will find a life on streaming mm-hmm. because it was certified as a real movie. If the machine would have dropped on Netflix, it would make no cultural impact whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But it went to theaters. It made $8.7 million, which is not great, but it still was out there. People saw posters. They saw ads in theaters, in theaters. When this drops on streaming, people will watch it. Yes. I mean, look at who has movies in theaters this year amongst comedians. Kevin Hart puts his movie straight mm-hmm. to streaming. Kevin Hart yep. is a streamo star. And Burt Kreischer is a theatrical movie, not star, but but his movies go to movie theaters. Kevin Hart's yeah. movies do not go to movie theaters. So score that for Burt Kreischer. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. sad day. To, to to see that be what's going on, to see that Burt Kreischer movies go to theaters and Kevin Hart is, he's given up and and is relegated to streaming. But that is what has happened. Mm-hmm. Burt Kreischer puts his movies in movie theaters. And then, listen, about my father. Okay. The guy got De Niro to play his dad. Oh, dream come I mean, true. It's a dream come true. Yeah. I mean, when the B.O. Boys movie gets made. Yes. Who's going to play your dad, Pat? Who's going to play my dad? I mean, can I, I would go for, you know, he doesn't act very much, but when he does, he's great. I would say Scorsese. I would get Scorsese. to. I was going to say you would role. do De Niro, but you're going to go in Scorsese. Yeah, I'm going bigger. But listen, Sebastian Maniscalco, this is huge for him. It's a dream come true, you know? He got De Niro to play his dad in a movie. It's a dream come true. It's like when, if Kirk Menahan gets to guest on the B.O. Boys, it'll be a dream come true for him. And that is what happened with Sebastian Maniscalco. He got De Niro to play his dad in a movie that was released in theaters. So it's a win. These movies just coming out is a win. The thing is, neither of these movies are going to turn these comedians into movie stars this is not jim no. carrey 1994 becoming a movie star with ace ventura the mask and dumb and dumber that's not what the machine or about my father are going to do for these comedians but you know what it'll it'll give them a nice little boost for their theatrical ticket sales it'll probably get them some more instagram followers help their podcasts which is all good you know the downstream revenues of comedians uh that that's what these movies are going to help and it'll sell tickets to their live shows yes and merch the machine movie will sell merch for burt kreischer i i hope that these movie theaters 
get a cut of that machine merch. You know, that's where the money is. The money isn't just on the ticket sales. The money would have been if these Regals and these AMCs would have been able to sell some shirtless Burt Kreischer plushies, you know, and some machine movie poster T-shirts. That's where the money is. You don't even have to make shirts. You you sell a non-shirt. You sell shirtlessness to them. It's a bag with no shirt in it. That's the Burt Kreischer machine shirt. Oh, it's that's perfect. brilliant. It's 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 air. Right. They would sell air. Right. And the Bird Chrysler fans who are going to show up drunk, which is great. You great. know, welcome stoolies. We totally endorse people showing up drunk to movie theaters. And these Bird Chrysler fans would have shown up drunk to the theater, bought a $30 bag of air, which mm-hmm. is sold as a Bird Chrysler non-t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And that would have been where Regal and AMC could have made a lot of money on the machine. Because comedians well, it, nowadays, it's all about merch. And we got to get to Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, right? Got it. Huge movie. But biggest movie the th- in weeks. The thing with the machine is we got to see those concession numbers. Yes. Yes. We got to see the concession numbers. Yes. They have to be in. The numbers has to get on this. Yes. Yes. They have to get on this to show us the concession numbers here. Yes. Because that is an important part of keeping the lights on in the theaters. Yep. And I bet you the machine made more money in concessions than the boogeyman yes. or little mermaid. Yes. Yes. Okay. We, we need to see the, the volume of nacho cheese that the machine sold in movie theaters these last two yeah. weekends because 8 million in, in ticket sales. Fine. But show me the vat numbers of nacho cheese that Burt Kreischer sold at AMC's. That is where we could judge this movie. I bet you that that nacho cheese number is off the charts. Now, speaking of eating, yes, and I know the reason why you wanted to start with the tale of two comedians is because you were trying to not eat crow here. Well, before before we eat crow, though, we should talk about this book. We eat crow, not we. There's no crow eating by me. We're a team. There's crow eating by you. We're a team, so crow gets shared. But well, if you can't finish your crow, I'll finish it, I guess. Before we get into Spider-Man, let's just move up logically up the list here. Let's talk about logically that the stuff you were right about. That's the logical. Yeah. Okay. Spider-Man, Spider-Man last. We got plenty of time for Spider-Man. This 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 episode is going to be jam-packed. Let's go to the four and five spots in this top 10. We both called it Guardians of the Galaxy, which has been out for five weeks jumped ahead in the rankings of Fast X, which has only been out in its third weekend. I mean, Fast X dropped 60% in its third weekend. It is totally fair to say, and listen, this is a movie that it's a worldwide play. And Mm -hmm. I think worldwide it's, you know, at 500 million, it could do 700 million. It's going to make a lot worldwide, but domestically, domestically, It's at 128. It made 9 million this past weekend. We're looking at a movie that's going to make 150 or less domestically. That is that is rough. That this is rough. feels to me like I, I mean the numbers are similar to say like a latter day Michael Bay Transformers movie, right? Yes. Where the domestic numbers just cratered. Yes. 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 This this feels like Fast X slash The Last Night. Yeah. You know, this is oh. the last night of the series. But the, the problem is Vin Diesel has promised two more movies. And this week, we kind of found out through The Rock's Instagram what he meant by that. Because if everyone knows The Rock cameoed in Fast X. And everyone thought that meant he will be in the next Fast and Furious proper movie. What it really means is there's apparently going to be another Hobbs spinoff, which mm-hmm. is going to be fast 10.5 and Vin Diesel Dom Toretto will not be in that movie and then there will be a fast 11.0 this feels like a mess two more fast movies feels like total death here coming off this domestic number this is all a bad idea you got to do one more movie and then get out and then and be together 10 years yeah that's the thing about ego and that's mm-hmm. the thing about these guys like vin diesel and the rock who've mm-hmm. had massive success right success beyond wildest dreams right the thing that drives people to reach that level 
and to ignore all the naysayers is the same stuff that destroys them on the way down Mm -hmm. because they can't listen to anybody saying, hey, guys, just squash this beef and be in a movie together. Right. All right. Right. Because that would at least at least level this off, maybe get a bump from Fast X. It would need to get a bump from Fast X. I mean, I couldn't see it going lower. Right. If if it's but, not if the next Fast and Furious movie is not promoted as the final one, it absolutely will do worse than Fast X. This is a franchise in decline. The only thing that could save the next Fast movie is the promise that it is the finale. That it's over. Yeah. That it's over. Yeah. Promise us it's over. Yeah. 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 Anything short of that, a Hobbs spinoff, a 10.5. A Fast and Furious movie that is the middle of a final trilogy. Any version of that will bomb. This franchise domestically is done. People have had their fill of and listen, we like the movie a lot. We both had fun. a great time. Momoa Momoa was I like Momoa a lot, and I was low on him going in, and I was yeah. surprised at how much I enjoyed that performance. Yeah. But but the people have moved on in North America from this series and Mm -hmm. they cannot squeeze two more movies out of this. And yeah, the rock and Vin Diesel have to squash this beef. They have to put their egos aside. I mean, you Mm -hmm. look at the BO boys. Yep. We are giant show and take Scott Mendelson, biggest box office analyst of a generation, but we all have big egos, but we get on the show together and 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 we do this together because we know that's where the money is. Jeff Bach, Exhibitor Relations Co., huge box office Twitter account. Big ego huge on ego. that guy. Huge ego, ego on that guy. But he comes on the show, and we know that that is where the money is. You look at Kirk Minahan. Yep. Huge, huge show. Years. Yep. Guy's been everywhere in radio, on podcasting. And he wants to come on the BO boys, big ego. I mean, that guy's got a huge ego, but, but he wants to come on the show because he knows that is where the money is. Vin Diesel and the Rock. Earned. The ego's earned. The ego's earned. Sure. And the Rock's ego's earned. Vin Diesel's ego's earned. Yeah, but they yeah. got to put those egos aside and do one exactly. more of these movies and then kill this franchise. And guys, put it aside for one movie. And if that movie hits, your ego can inflate even bigger. Yes. Yes, exactly. So think about that. You might have to, you know, deflate a bit. Right. But then once that thing hits, and if it hits, man, you can just be a guy that nobody can even look in your their, your eyes. Exactly. You know, you could be the biggest diva of all divas. If exactly. You but And you know they both want to be divas. But I, I mean, this, this franchise, this fast franchise is just in free fall. I mean, listen, I... I think you could look in the next few weeks that the Super Mario Brothers movie could conceivably finish ahead in the rankings in the next few weeks ahead of fast. I mean, that is as wild as that is, you know, Mario's been out for nine weeks. I think those holds on Mario are going to somehow be better than fast going forward. I mean, fast will be out of theaters, I think, in the next month. And speaking of, I mean, Transformers, Beast Wars is coming, and then you've got The Flash. I mean, this thing's going to get pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. Yeah, yeah. And Even fast if those be- movies don't overperform or do all that well, I mean, Fast is done. It's out of the collective memory at this point. Yes, yes. All right, so we got to get to this. We got to get to this new movie, Clayton, and that, of course, is The Boogeyman at number three. Yeah, Okay. Boogeyman came in number three, made $12.3 million. This Chris Messina starer, this horror movie, sort of based on a Stephen King story or tweet. I don't know. It's not sort of. I think it it could be a tweet. It could be a tweet. Yeah. I don't know what the material was that Stephen King wrote. If it was, you know, if, if it was just a like a bill that he paid that got adapted into a into a movie. But it was somehow Stephen King related. It's the boogie. Well, he wrote it on the back of a check for a diner as a tip. Yes, yes. And that's a short story. So that waitress cashed in. 
mm-hmm. to the tune of $12.3 million opening weekend. Listen, this is, we kind of nailed this, right? We said this was on the low end of the tracking. Mm-hmm. I think we each had it around 11 to 12 million. It came in at that. This is not going to be the black phone of this summer. It's just not. No, in uh, PG-13, the thing with this movie, too, is that the honest truth is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse really ate its lunch because this demo, the the Hispanic, uh, the, uh, Hispanic demo mm-hmm. over-indexed with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and they usually over-index on horror movies. Okay. And they went to see Spider-Man. I mean, that's 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 part of it. Right. But also, I think the the demo that was the other demo that was you're looking for for these horror movies, these, you know, the youngsters, the teens. Yeah, the teens, the tweens. Yeah, they went to Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And I think 20th century. Listen, their expectations were like 15 which this still did well. I mean, it didn't reach the height of the heights, but I don't think they expected Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse to be as strong as it was. No, nobody did. Nobody yeah. did. Nobody uh, could have. Nobody, not nobody did. Not nobody. So I think like, you know, Disney did not think Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse would come anywhere near the number it did because nobody did and nobody could be wrong. To Well, why you talk about Disney? Because Disney didn't do shit. When it comes to this movie, this is not a Disney product, my friend. Or the the Boogeyman. Boogeyman is a oh, Disney oh, oh, 20th th- century release. I thought you were talking. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Spider-Man. No, 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 no. no. Okay. I know okay. Spider-Man is Sony because Sony owns the rights to the Spider-Man properties, uh, even though Disney owns the rights to all other Marvel properties. Of course, we know that we're B.O. boys. Uh, no, Disney slash 20th century released the Boogeyman. And I think that it just shows again that Disney is not going to be a great studio at releasing this. I mean, right now, Disney's not great at releasing anything. I mean, no, no, we're no. about to see Elemental and Indy 5 back-to-back, and Oof. it's it's going to be a rough summer for Oof-a. Disney. But, but this is the type of movie that if the merger had never happened and you know 20th Century was its own studio and it's releasing something like The Boogeyman – this movie probably does a little better because 20th Century as a non-Disney entity probably knows how to market this movie better than Disney is doing. You know, Disney had Barbarian, which way yeah. overperformed because it was a great movie. But Disney is not a great studio to release a horror movie. They're just not. And I also don't think this is a great movie. I mean, no, no. people are not saying, I mean, Barbarian was a great movie. And uh, I think that makes a huge difference because, I mean, that opened low and then it it had legs. This I do not think will have legs. The Boogeyman, we haven't seen the Boogeyman. They haven't used him in any of the marketing. And so we don't know if Boogeyman has legs. Right. We don't well, know he, if the actual character. I mean, who knows? We don't know. Yeah. Invisible to us marketing wise. But you might see the Boogeyman in the movie. I hope you see the Boogeyman in the movie. Right. The Boogeyman may or may not have legs. But this movie certainly doesn't have legs. That's I can definitively say the Boogeyman yeah. movie has no legs. No, no. Um, Boogeyman itself, it could have eight legs. I don't know. We don't know. We just don't know. Yeah, it's a problem to have invisible characters. And listen, the, it, the Invisible Man for Universal did great as the last pre-COVID movie. But it is rough having invisible characters because you just cannot put them in stunt marketing the way you did with the smile people and other, you know, the uh, uh, ghost face, the way screen puts ghost face around cities as, as promotion. It's tough to do that with an invisible character. And we saw that with the boogeyman. Well, Pat, why are you assuming the boogeyman is invisible? I mean, is not in itself invisible. Like as I mean, as a concept, have were you taught that the, the boogeyman is an invisible thing? Invisible and always around you at all times. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's a boogeyman. Okay. We gotta, we gotta, gotta talk now about this huge movie that of course is aimed at at children, but also at adults who have nostalgia. And it is a you know it's a, a 
a version of a movie we've seen before, but in a totally different format than it had previously appeared before. Of course, I am talking about The Little Mermaid, which finished number two at the box office this weekend. 58% drop at $40 million. So, Clayton, let's talk about this extensively, do you think, or or quickly? I'm fine with Wait. I'm fine with extensively. What do you lean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd say quickly. I think I said this was gonna drop like 61, or I thought it would drop higher, but yes. 58, 58 is not spectacular hold, but it wasn't in the 60s. No, I think it's a pretty think, good hold. I think yeah. this movie making 40 million the second week. I think people like this movie fine. I think it's fine. Yes. I will say when Disney looks back at their terrible year, Mm -hmm. they will look at the little mermaid and say, that wasn't a disaster. Oh, definitely not. Definitely. I mean, here's the thing. The good times for Disney for this summer are officially over, you know, guardians of the galaxy ended up doing great because it was a well-liked movie and the holes were awesome. Little mermaid. I think, there was a lot of negative mojo going into this movie and it opened well and the hold was fine and this movie will do, but that's it. Guardians and mermaid yeah. are the good stuff for Disney. Now it's time for them to deal with elementals and Indy five. And, and then, and then even, you know, down the pike, Marvel's oh, uh, Marvel's all that stuff. But just to give some credence to the guardians uh, stuff, the volume three is at 322. The first Guardians topped out domestically 333, right? So mm-hmm. it's gonna probably beat that. It's already over the worldwide gross of the first one, which is great. It's not gonna reach the heights of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, but that was in the thick of Marvel MCU mm-hmm. Mania 2017. The second one is gonna be the high water mark for the, for this. So it's still close enough, though. 389 domestic for Guardians Volume 2. This movie sustained itself by being good. Yes. But yes. it proves how much Marvel and the MCU have fallen out of favor that people had to sleep on this movie, had to hear from other people how good it was. They did not get the benefit of the doubt. No. Because no. of all the terrible Marvel movies that have come out in the past few years. This franchise that was nothing but beloved, with this cast that everybody loved, with this director that pretty much everybody loved, except mm-hmm. for a little bl- blip there where he was fired. The fact that this movie had to be a word of mouth hit shows that Marvel and Disney are in trouble. Trouble. Big trouble. trouble. Big trouble. Listen, this movie, Guardians 3. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Had to overcome the hate for Quantumania. Yeah. You know, that that is the story of that opening weekend of Guardians. But because people love the movie, the holds have been spectacular. All right, Colleen, let's talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And I'm going to say it. I predicted this movie would make $91 million. And it made $120 million in its opening weekend. So, Clayton, I was slightly low on this movie. Yes. Well, here's what I'll say. That number in itself, the 91, is not what I had an issue with here. It's the okay. fact that you thought there'd be no chance that this would go over 100. That's more of an egregious thing, right? Now, I will say here, mm-hmm. I could sit here and I could be like, I nailed this on Saturday. And on Saturday, it was 113. That was, and that was the number I had. Yeah. That was my prediction. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what sa- happens on Saturday, okay? Saturdays for amateurs, all right? Mm-hmm. You got to be able to nail it on Sunday. Sunday is the day. Right. And Sunday's total was 120. Now, am I upset that I was wrong? No, because I'm never upset when it goes higher. I'm upset oh. when it goes lower, but I'm not upset when it goes higher. Right. So right. doesn't matter I nailed it on Saturday. What matters is this movie overperformed to such an extreme level that it is really 
a paradigm shift, all right? Mm -hmm. It's the Mm -hmm. beginning of a paradigm shift because what we're seeing and what we've been talking about, people think that, listen, we were just talking about these other movies, blah, 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 and there's no reason for it. The reason we're talking about those movies first is because we're seeing a sea change here. Marvel, MCU, falling out of favor, okay? Because this this Spider-Man movie is Sony. I want, if you take anything, New listeners, if you take anything from this episode, mm-hmm. is that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is a Sony movie. Marvel and Disney do not get a win on this. Okay? The this MCU doesn't win. get a win, you're saying? No, MCU, MCU doesn't get a win. Okay. Right? This is Sony. Mm-hmm. Sony was smart enough to lock down a perennial star character a refillable concept character that is spider-man okay they were smart about that and what they're doing with this whole thing is amazing but Mm -hmm. just to summarize we also talked about fast x the fast movies those perennial summer tent poles deflating Mm -hmm. losing yes we mentioned elemental elementals pixar straight to Disney Plus. Not a premium brand. Right. Not a premium brand. Right. They are straight to streaming movies now, okay? Right. Pixar Those used to be a slam doink. Pixar yes. used to be if a Pixar movie was coming out, it would be no worse than the third biggest movie of the summer. Honestly, it would usually be the first or second biggest movie of of the summer. You know, this is the mm-hmm. studio used to give us Incredibles and Finding Nemo's and Finding Dory's and Toy Stories, Cars movies. Now, Pixar, I mean, listen, we all know Elementals is going to be a giant disaster in a couple of weeks. Pixar is done. Fast mm-hmm. is done. Indy 5 is about to be a funeral procession for what used to be a slam doink gigantic summer movie franchise and and Sp- sony spider-man i mean this is this is it this is the new thing and when you look at the chart super mario brothers still on this chart okay oh. video games yeah video games are now a hot ip they finally cracked it they cracked yep. the code you're gonna see yep. so many video game movies yeah spider-man across the spider-verse adult animation yeah yeah. Right? A superhero movie that's animated is being comped and talked about in the same breath as the live action Spider-Man movies. Okay. <laughs> I, in the sp- same conversation. What are you gonna listen? Are you eat your crow first and then and well, then say I, what I'm about say. here? I'm about to I'm about to say something here. I was wrong. Because I said this would open to 90. It definitely wouldn't open to 100. And my reasoning that I gave on our preview episode this past Friday was that the uh, mainstream adult audiences would not come to an animated superhero movie at the level they would a live action superhero movie because there's still going to be that barrier for adults Mm -hmm. to see this type of movie animated you know obviously there's gigantic animated movies we just had super Mm -hmm. mario so it's not like i'm saying animated movies cannot be gigantic because of course they have pixar movies have made you know 150 million dollar openings since the beginning of time and we just had super mario brothers but what i thought was that adults would have a hard time hitting that level of box office for this type of animated movie. And I think what we showed this weekend is that again, the new adult, the new generation of adult is a child and that's fine, which is great. It's great for the uh, box now office you're going against you're going. I'm just saying going. that is why I ended up being low on attack this of the audience. Okay. Is that you're attacking the, the audience? The new adults is a child. I'm not attacking them. I am saying I now understand what the audience is, and that's but great. Pat, that's great because it equaled big box office dollars, so it's great. But I just did not understand previous to this weekend that adults wanted their 
formally live action movies to actually be cartoons. And they so do. you think this movie is more childish than seeing an MCU movie? I this think- is a more childish act than seeing grown men dress in costumes. Well, here's here's an interesting thing. If we look at this as a, as a sea change, which it is, okay. the Spider-Man yeah. movie opening to 120, it's basically opening to the level of a real live action superhero movie. Because previous to this, you which know, which is that for part, adults in your mind. Well, previous to this, animated superhero movies were always looked at as kind of B-level trash. You know, it was your animated Batman movie. What was that? The mask of the mask of the phantasm types of things that would open to like $2 million in limited teen Titans go teen Titans go, or your things that were like animated star Wars movie. Remember when they did the clone wars movie and they put that in theaters. And of course no one went to see it because they're like star Wars is a live action franchise. This is some animated thing. We're not going to go. even though that came out at the height of the prequels, what I'm saying is that, People always look down at these animated versions of previously live action franchises. And now this movie has cracked that barrier where it doesn't seem to audiences to be a downgrade. And I think if that is a sea change, here's who has to be worried about that. Are these actors who previously the surest paycheck in Hollywood for an actor who otherwise couldn't draw a fly to a movie theater is to get paid to put on a superhero outfit. You know, mm. we're talking your Chrissy Hemis. Chrissy Hemi. And now if Thor can be a cartoon and you don't have to pay Chrissy Hemi to get into the Thor cape and all you have to do is animate him and get a Jake Johnson to do the voice that is i think a bad sea change for these young actors because that was where they could make their big bones that's where they could make their big paychecks was being in these superhero movies that did not need them to be draws so here's the thing about that okay i, I, I this is a sea change but the sea changes slowly right mm-hmm. because here's the thing with this movie it is a confluence of so many things. That is why it's big. It's not just big because it's a cartoon superhero movie, right? If you made a Captain America cartoon and put it out next year, it would do bubkiss. Nobody cares. Right. Okay? Well, also because it would be MCU and the MCU is, is dying. Absolutely. So, but here's the thing. This film, the first film, Oscar winning right. for best animated movie, okay? The animation style that they used in that was interesting, groundbreaking. And for this movie, they decided to push it even further. Mm -hmm. They decided to push it and innovate and make it a whole new level of animation, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are people who decided to create a universe and really give it love. They're not overtaxed VFX people who had to work on a She-Hulk show that nobody watched instead right. of making Quantumania and the quantum realm look like anything other than a green screen world, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like these VFX artists, it's like they're making them do a She-Hulk TV show. That's like getting a surgeon to pop your pimple, okay? Right. That's right. how messed up MCU is. Right. The thing about this movie is that the original one, even though it opened low, became a big streaming hit and a big word of mouth hit to the point where it built up a fan base of mm-hmm. people who would watch that movie over and over and over and over again and were salivating about this film, okay? Yep. It's pushing the limits of animation, right? It's got a creative team that animation-wise people love, okay? The Chris Lord and I, is this just is it just Lord? It's not I, Miller, right? It's I think it's Lord. Lord and Miller producing. Like I don't I I don't okay. think that they're writing, but yes, they they're definitely putting these teams together and and yeah, Lord and Miller, they know how to put artistic teams together. I I want to read a quick email here that we got from Do a wannabe it. old boy. Wannabe old boy Marcus who just hey, Marcus. 
always, always comes with the heat here. He's always throwing the heat. Well, he's our anime correspondent. He knows all about adult animation. So this is from the mouth of somebody who knows what they're talking about. Expert. And he says this about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is a really impressive box office performance this weekend. He says, I think one contributing factor to the movie's success could be that the character of Miles Morales has been promoted really effectively across different media, specifically in video games. The game mm-hmm. Spider-Man colon Miles Morales was released two and a half years ago, just as PlayStation 5 was coming out. It was a blockbuster release, as it was a, the major new game available for the console launch. It went on to sell 6.5 million copies and become the third best-selling game published by Sony in the U.S. since oh, 1995. Uh, Spider-Man will also be heavily heavily featured co-star in the upcoming game Spider-Man 2, which is one of the most anticipated game releases of the year coming out this fall. So that it's is, the most anticipated movie of the fall. I mean, yes. a video game of the fall. That's huge. That's huge. So that is. A, thank you, wannabe old boy Marcus, for that information. And it Appreciate does go to show how video game culture is taken over the box office that between yeah. the first Spider-Man animated movie since Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and this movie, the new Spider-Man character became so much more famous because he became a video game star. You know, and mm-hmm. v- video game save the movie star apparently you know that is what that song would be titled now if it came out today video game save the movie star and uh, that is a factor i did not take into account i am not a gamer I i'm not a like, gamer either I, I i feel like to some degree we may need to start becoming gamers to- uh no i'll pass you know who we should get one of bo intern christopher Mm-hmm. Let's get him hooked on gaming. Okay. Okay. I so know he's on, got his on, college classes and he's got all these things, but listen, we need this from him. We need him to game. We need him to game hard. Yeah. We don't have time to game. Right. All right. I'm right. already arthritic. I can't do the game stuff. Right. 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 I, I, I was he's got them mo- good joints. He's got those young, juicy joints. I started getting motion sickness from Goldeneye. Back when I was in college, too much. that's it's that's too much. that's around when I needed to get off of gaming. So want to be a winter and Christopher, you, if you're not already, you're going to have to become a gamer. Do we yeah. need him to become an esports gamer as well? Is it just video that's games? That's the goal. That's the goal to right. be able to generate some income, some notoriety for the podcast. We're our Jersey. Right, right, right. And as, as more stoolies you know, join wannabe O nation. Um, we may need our intern to get into esports and to possibly get into day trading. You know, we may also need that out of wannabe O intern Christopher, but I think let's mm-hmm. start with gaming so that he could help us better understand how gaming affects the box office. And we'll move to esports and, and day trading. Can I just add another little thing here from, we got another, of course, just the emails flooding in about this movie. Yes. Wannabe O, Boy, I'm assuming, or person, I'm going to say person right now, Harris. Sure. be O right? person, Harris, thank you. Said, listening to the latest episode, going to say Spider-Man does 120 to 125 million domestic, okay? Yeah. So, so he somebody said this on nailed. Friday. He nailed it. Said this on Friday. Important points. Mm-hmm. Something I already covered. First movie didn't go crazy at box office, but had good streaming run. But here's another point. The songs from the first movie have been gigantic hits. Post Malone's Sunflower with the Spider-Man music video has over 2 billion views. Wow. So again, it's the confluence of video games, Spotify videos, music, and the fact that these this movie was a movie that people watched over and over at home. Yep. And also people are getting bored with these live action movies. I mean, it's a breath of fresh air. Look, it's doing the multiverse stuff that everything else is doing, but it's doing it better. Yeah. And it really makes me worry for the flash. Like I'm now super worried for the flash here because it's like, that is now going to seem like old news 
already. Right, right. Well, I mean, we'll get into, we've got to do some more research on The Flash. I think something we should look into is, have there been any video games in the last few years that have featured this version of The Flash? I don't, I don't know. I, no popular be, ones. Want, well, want to be Owen Turn, Christopher, you know, as he, as he gets into his gaming, I think look into that. Um, he's going to have to really just jump head first into heavy gaming. I think immediately to, to catch up like this coming week, he should basically do nothing but game after, yeah. you know, after 4 PM, he gets back. He's got to drop a gotta, few classes. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got to see if this upcoming flash movie has any gaming connections. If there have been any hit songs about the flash, I, I don't know if post Malone has released any flash related singles, Mm-hmm. Maybe they're saving that for for the week of, but yeah, I mean, want to be a winter and Christopher maybe does have to start doing some deep dives on the billboard charts as well. Um, well, he's got so a lot of work Pat, coming up this. Okay. So we've talked about all this, this, this is, I think here, let's do real quick. Um, I'm looking for the tab. Got so many tabs open here. This is a tab heavy show. Well, I'll, but- I'll drop, I'll drop this real quick about, uh, part of Sony's campaign for making this movie a hit. This is very interesting. A highlight, according to Deadline, of Sony's campaign was something called the Spider Society Ambassador Program, which oh, was a I program. It recruited 200 celebrities, influencers, and fans across the globe to promote this movie across their social media. You know, to promote with Spider Man related content. And this included. I, I, wait, don't, no, I, I see this list. I, I saw this list, right? Yes. And you knew I was going to go right for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't. Are you talking celebrities or influencers? I mean, it seems like it's a mix of both here. Um, it looks like it's mostly celebrities. Do you okay. not want me so, to read the celebrities on this list? Because no, I want you to end with the most important one. Oh, you okay. know yeah, which one that okay. is. Okay. So this list, this is. Uh, celebrities in the Spider Society ambassador program included uh, Guillermo del Toro, Steph Curry, Rihanna, Beyonce, Tiffany Haddish. Good for her to be allowed to be in this ambassador program. Yeah. It's a big win for Tiffany Haddish. Yes. Uh, Priyanka and Nick Jonas. And the most important person who was promoting the Spider-Man movie, The Bad Bunny. Yes. The, the, the star of Bullet Train. Giant WWE star. WWE star just just was incredible in a recent uh, live premium event for them. And of course, the most streamed musician on the planet. So you got the bad bunny to promote the Spider-Man. That's the type of thing that gets a movie to one hundred twenty million dollars in its opening weekend. That was huge. So kudos to Sony for putting together this Spider-Man Society ambassador program. Great move. So what I was going to say, where where does this stack up in animated openings? So among all animated domestic openings for, okay, so it's sixth behind Incredibles 2 right. with 182.6, Super Mario Bros. 146.3, Finding Dury 135, Frozen 2 130.2, and Toy Story 4 120.9. I mean, this is in Elite Company. Yes. Right. We're seeing what th- three Pixar movies. Right. You're never going to see any new Pixar movies in this list. No. Okay. No. I mean, These I guess the they ones. could do a Toy Story five or something. You know, it's going to matter. It'll be lower because Toy It'll Story be four was lower than. I mean, it's it, Toy. No, it's Toy Story five. I don't care. It won't be as high as Toy Story four. Right. And, and will they even be able to get Tim Allen back into it? That's a whole other story. So yeah, Toy Story Five is maybe DOA before it even uh, gets into the toy factory. So this is an elite company as a animated movie opening, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the difference between this second movie's opening and the first movie's opening, it's a two hundred and forty-one percent raise. From the 35.3 opening of Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Now, Pat, I'm going to test your box office knowledge. And I know you're going to nail this. Okay. When you think about, 
and it could be in any genre. It does. It's not animated. Okay. A, fi- a, a film series, right. right? Right. That the first one opened small, but the second one went nuts. Okay. Awesome okay. powers. Absolutely. Austin yeah, Powers. This is an Austin, so Austin Powers Power. situation. This is this, this is an is, Austin Powers situation. Yeah. This is a spy who shagged me here. It, the, the across the Spider-Verse is a spy who shagged me. The uh-huh. original Austin Powers yeah. made 53 million domestic. Total. The second one, yeah, total in its run. Right. The second one opened to 54. Wow. Made wow. more in its opening weekend than the whole thing made the first time around. And it's similar thing. Instead of streaming, though, it was home video. Home right. video is what made that second movie as big as it was. Right. Okay. Well, this is an Austin Power situation. And these things don't come along. I mean, you can say something like John Wick. John Wick, I mean, it didn't make that huge of a jump the second it became like a bigger franchise mm-hmm. but that was incremental this right. is a quantum leap yes above the first one and it's the same thing with austin powers yes this is an austin power situation i guarantee that the term austin power situation has been spoken in sony headquarters this weekend for sure yeah for sure. And then, of course, then everybody was doing the the impression. We're not going to do that because that's we don't do impressions on this podcast. No, but everybody was no. probably like, do I make you, hor-? you know, things like that. They might not yes. say that, though, because that's not appropriate for, uh, you know, and Amy Pascal got in all those that trouble with those emails. So I'm sure there was no emails about being horny uh, in this on the Sony, you know, mainframe. There. Right, right. Though you, you would you would love to see Sony tout the success of Spider-Man across the universe with a, do I make you horny tweet? And then it's just the number of this opening weekend and everyone would get it. Everyone. I would wor- go as a, as a person who's, who's risk averse. Okay. I would say groovy, baby, just okay. say groovy or we got our mojo back or something like that. You know, something yeah. that's not, and I know horny is the big one with him. It's a big one. Yeah. People love that. But you might want to not play with fire because, the, you know, uh, the, the firing squads are out there. They're looking. They're looking for targets. What you could do, what you could do if you're Sony and you want to make the Austin Powers comparison to the Spider-Man uh-huh. movie is you put out a tweet and it's okay. a picture of Dr. Evil with his pinky to his his mouth Fucking and he's saying one billion dollars. And that is possibly a number, possibly, that Spider-Man across the universe can flirt with if this run continues right now. So that that is the tweet. That's the tweet. Well, I would have done $120 million, right? Okay. Got it. Right. Got it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what I would have done. Can you get, can you get, if you're Sony, can you get Mike Myers to don the Dr. Evil garb today? to give us an updated photo to be used in this tweet or Instagram post or, you know, whatever it is. Can you get, I mean, I think it'd be more effective if it was just a, you know, a screenshot from the web of his, of him in his, you know, in his younger self. Right. Right. It would be kind of sad to see him as Dr. Evil at this point. I feel like the Dr. Evil get up does hide the age pretty well. You know, compared yeah. to him having to get into the Austin Powers get up or, of course, the Wayne get up that shows the age. Yeah. But either way, yeah. I think most people, most, you know, even people with just a passing knowledge of the box office understand that this Spider-Man sequel, this animated sequel, we've got an Austin Powers situation on our hands this weekend. And that is you love to see that you love to see this this kind of breakout sequel, as Scott Mendelson would call it. And let's talk demos, okay? Oh, give it to us, demo god. So post-track audience exits, 93 positive, 82% recommend among the general audiences. This was guy leaning 63% Mm -hmm. with 61% between 18 and 34. That is the sweet spot. That is Mm -hmm. the sweet, sweet spot. That's the ad demo. Biggest and even sweeter. If you thought it couldn't get sweeter, it does. The biggest demo being 18 to 24 oh that is the sweetest plum 40 mm-hmm. percent or 18 to 24 and here's diversity demos right 34 percent latino and hispanic 
27% Caucasian, 22% Black, and 17% Asian. Okay? Wow. Wow. The Latin community is killing it right now. They are going to see movies in, and listen, they've always been a large part of movie going. Absolutely. But they are really playing their part and Mm -hmm. keeping these theaters moving and grooving. Yep. Definitely, definitely moving and grooving. Thank you, Latino and Hispanic audience for coming out big to see the Spider-Man movie. You love to see the over-indexing there. From the mm-hmm. Latino, Hispanic audience, from the black audience, the Asian audience, everyone over index. And it and it showed the power of this Miles Morales Spider-Man. You know, it brought yep. out audiences who felt who felt like that's my Spider-Man, which is great, which is great. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, going back to that age demo, that mm-hmm. 40% of the ticket buyers were 18 to 24. That 18 to 24 year old set, that is the audience that sees movies multiple times Mm -hmm. because especially they're about to go on summer break from college. And so that is an age group that has a lot of time on its hands. You know, Mm -hmm. the older audiences who are going to see all about my father, they got very little time on their schedule. They're either they're caring for their kids kids they're caring for their elderly parents they're caring for their you know elderly spouses who knows that's an old audience Mm -hmm. they don't have a lot of time on their hands they could see a movie once an 18 to 24 year old that's about to go on summer break they could see this spider-man movie 10 times if they want that's going to be huge And, and you brought up something our previous episode when you went really low on this movie is this a date movie? You were like, mm. will this be a date movie? And I, I believe it. I believe it is. And I believe in more, even more so now with the word of mouth where say, listen, I'm going to just be very genderized here. Okay. So you can step away if you want to, so I can step in and I don't think right. I'm stepping in anything, but just right. in case you got more to lose. So, right, right. Try not to insult the stoolies with whatever you're going to say now. Oh, um, of course not. I never would. So this could be a case of, a guy went and saw this with his buddies. Gets a text from his girlfriend. Hey, I heard this Spider-Man movie is great. Why don't you take me? Mm. Or why didn't you take me? More likely, why didn't you take me? But could also be, why don't you take me? So this guy's like, great. I'll take my girl out and see this movie. Because I think the word of mouth is that spectacular. That these people who normally wouldn't see it. And it goes the other way too. There could be a girl who is super into superheroes and the guy's like no i only like online poker or whatever right but then he hears he's playing online poker some guy's like hey have you seen the spider-man movie i heard it's great says to his girlfriend hey let's go out let's go out and see this movie right Right. and she's like i already suggested that a week ago and you said you were busy with online poker how come it takes your online poker buddy to recommend it before you'll go see this movie but if they get past that argument which there'll always be an argument though. But you if they can get, get past, past that one and they, the relationship survives, they're buying that Spider-Man across the universe ticket weekend too. And yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So big, big, big win for the box office. And I do think we needed it because after fast X mm-hmm. after mermaid, which did good, did good, but, but it just did not, didn't blow the doors off like we hoped it would. And it's not going to be an Aladdin. It's not going to be a movie that people see over and over again. Some people will, but it's just it just feels like those live action. I mean, that's the last one of those, too. Maybe Moana. Like, that is probably the last live action that'll do any sort of business, right? Well, I mean, that's um, the thing. It's the last of the slam doings for those 90s Disney movies. Now it's to make hit live action uh, uh, remakes, Disney's going to have to mine movies they just put out in the last 10 years. You're going to have to do live action Frozen, live action Moana, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's like our audience is nostalgic for that. You know, I think the thing we saw with Mermaid is that Beauty and the Beast will be the high point for this series, or I guess Lion King. Th- those were the two high points. 
Mermaid mm-hmm. is not going to reach that level. Beauty and the Beast remake opens to like 175, made over a billion. Lion King made over a billion. Mermaid just isn't going to do that. So you're right. Mermaid is doing well. It just didn't blow the doors off the theaters the way Spider-Man finally did. We finally had an opening weekend this summer that has officially blown the doors off of these movie theaters. And, and we buried the lead. It's the biggest opening of the summer so far. Right, because we're not obviously Mario is not a summer movie, it was a spring movie. So this is yes, the biggest we, movie of the summer. And you know, it's going to be interesting to see if anything opens bigger because you look ahead, it's like Flash has a chance. You know, we got to get into the, we got to have wannabe Owen turn Christopher, give us some info on whether flash has been a video game movie, blah, blah, blah. Um, flash could do it. I think dead reckoning part two, possibly, but I don't think so. Yeah. There's not not a lot, you know, there's some big hit movies coming out this summer, but nothing that seems like it's going to make over 120 million. It's opening weekend. So the Spider-Man movie has a chance of being the biggest opening weekend of the summer. Shocking. And we never would have got, I mean, you definitely, but even me, yeah. even me. It's a sea change. It's a sea change. So it's an absolute uh, sea change. You know, for all the new listeners we have on this episode, they got to listen to an episode where we talked about a sea change. And so that is a great place to dive in, dive into the well, sea change at the box office. And, and, and that's a good way to segue into this. That This is just, this is not just a podcast. It's a historical document, right? We, as society goes, so does the box office and vice versa. Okay. And so you can chart society, you can chart how the culture is moving by what movies make the most money at the box office. Right. Yeah. So you are witnessing history, you are listening to history. And we have plenty of episodes. If you want to listen to history, listen to those. Right. We did this whole thing through COVID. Yes. Yes, right. we, we did not miss a week during the pandemic. So if you want to relive so, 2020, which people people do, why not? You can relive. People are sick. The There's sick people out there. Yeah, mentally sick. Yeah. So 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 relive the year 2020 through the archives of the Bo Boys. Why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, looking ahead, you look ahead at this next month. You got a Transformers movie coming out next next weekend. We got the Flash coming out the weekend after that. We got No Hard Feelings, the Jennifer Lawrence movie that's going to try and bring comedy back coming out on the 23rd. Might be a good spot for a a special guest on that episode. Just throwing that out there. Who's into comedy? Who's into ribaldry? You know, who's into uh, uh, sex gags? Might make Mm -hmm. a good guest spot for someone. Won't say who, but it might. Um, Got a lot of interesting stuff coming up at the box office the next month. And absolutely, we're going to be covering it. So, Clayton, I mean, I think that covers it for this past weekend. Is there anything else you need to say about this past weekend's box office? No, just a little clean in house here because we did get an email from one of BO boy. Uh, I'm sorry, one of BO intern Christopher. Mm-hmm. We were just speaking of him, and he clarified the whole was this always supposed to be a two parter situation here, which we debated at the beginning mm-hmm. of last episode. So He writes, the story of Across the Spider-Verse is that at first Across the Spider-Verse was announced as a direct sequel for the Spider-Verse, but then it was announced that the movie got so big they broke it up into two movies, and the second movie is called Beyond the Spider-Verse, not Across the Spider-Verse Part 2, okay? Got it. So, in other words, it's all just going to be different named movies, which they do now. They don't like to do the numbered sequels really anymore, but I am still going to refer to this as across the Spider-Verse part one. So people do know it is ending on a cliffhanger. And on that, you said that was a reason why people wouldn't want to see it. Okay. That it ends on a cliffhanger. Now I, I'm a Joe lunch pail. So I was talking to some of the, my coworkers. Okay. Who had seen this movie and loved it, said it was great. We're so excited to run up to me, a box office expert mm-hmm. and tell me that they saw it opening weekend. And I patted each one of them on the head and I asked them, were you upset that it ended a cliffhanger? And they said a little bit. Yeah, because it felt too short. This is a movie that's what, two hour plus. Oh, it's almost two and and a half hours. And they were saying, I'd rather have just sat there for four hours and watched the whole thing. 
That's wow. how amazing this movie is to people. Okay. Wow. This wow. is a legit phenomenon. Wow. Okay. And we are all witness. Yes. Yes. We are witness to the sea change that is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. So Clayton, I think we've done it for this episode. So of course, listeners, old listeners and new listeners, want to be old boys, want to be old girls, want to be old people. People. Write to us at the Podcast at gmail.com. We love, clearly we love getting your takes on the box office, your predictions, your insights, letting us know when other big podcasts and radio shows talk about us. You know, mm-hmm. thank you again, wannabe boy Zach, for letting us know about what happened on the Kirk Menahane show. Um, that was that was a great email. So email us at the podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on social media, the B.O. Boys podcast across all platforms, but I think only Twitter. Of course, that handle is run by wannabeo intern Christopher, who cuts videos for us, will soon become a gamer and Mm -hmm. a day trader to help the show. Thank you, wannabeo intern Christopher. Of course, give us five stars on all podcast platforms, but mainly just Apple. That's the only one that matters until we get a huge Spotify deal. So give mm-hmm. us five stars, leave a review, and tell your friends, you know, do, do especially, especially if you have a very popular podcast of your own, yes. feel free to talk about how great our show is and talk about how you want to be a guest on the show. We definitely appreciate that, especially if you are already a famous audio personality. That mm-hmm. that's key. That's key. Yes. Be a huge uh radio and podcast personality with a following. Get that done and then talk about how great the BO Boys is. So that's Absolutely. everyone's assignment for the week. And yes. yeah, I think. Oh, and of course, we are YouTubers. Follow our YouTube channel. Smash that like button. We're pointing down. Smash that subscribe button. Smash, smash, smash. Yeah. Yeah, Pat conveniently forgot to upload the uh, episode where he made the very, very low uh, prediction. For, sometimes you don't. I'm want sure video. that was an accident. Sometimes I'm you sure sometimes you don't need video documentation of everything. But this episode sure. will be up on the YouTube channel. In fact, okay, you're probably watching it right now on our YouTube yep. channel. And with that, Clayton, I don't think there's anything left to say. There's nothing left to say, Pat. No. Oh wait, except for. Until next time. We'll we'll smell you at the bar.